guys. Welcome to Slash Report. Uh, I'm MK, and this week we are without Prue, but we have a plethora of excellent guests. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Great. Classing it up already. We have Marilyn. Hello. 20-something. Hi, guys. And the Hoyden. Hello. Uh, and this week we're going to talk about hockey RPF and hockey fandom in general. Woo! May God save ourselves. Yes. Yeah. So the task has fallen on me to keep these sort of cats herded, I guess. This is like for anybody who's ever heard the episode of Report where it's literally accurate. <laughs> I love how like already this episode of, of Slash Report is like Prue essentially, you know, trusted Marilyn to basically not be like the time that she told MK and Kate and I to, you know, not make another Team Wolf episode. And then and we did another anyway. Team Wolf episode. <laughs> What is that? Is that Marilyn and I are sitting next to each other? We are, and we egg each other on with faces. And this is going to go really badly for you guys, so I'm sorry about that in advance. Yes. Oh god, um, I'm so worried. Anyway, to get things on track, um, I guess sort of one of the first things. Now, I will say that I am actually, while I follow hockey, I'm not really in hockey RPF fandom. Um, so one. I'm sort of like the casually disinterested observer though disinterested is not the right word but um, so <laughs> but I think we I guess one, of, one of the questions I first wanted to ask you guys is sort of um in your opinion um why hockey fandom right now because I know it's sort of been around for a while why do you think that it's sort of blown up at this moment in fandom like where did it come from how did you guys all get into it I actually think the lockout helped hockey fandom Right. I mean, it is it, it it is like a really weird time to get into hockey fandom. It's a very atypical season right now, so did yeah. that help it, or is that why, like... Uh, when I first got into hockey fandom, I was actually really worried that there would be a bunch of sports stuff that I just, like, wouldn't understand and wouldn't be able to either write or, like, I would be reading something. I'd be like, what the fuck does that mean? Um, but if you're doing the lockout for, like, the first whatever many months of hockey fandom, people were like, it doesn't matter. It's lockout. All I have to do is write about, like sports dudes on vacation <laughs> it's all feelings all the time like seriously you just yeah, like that makes sense so like you got you, everyone sort of got the chance to get comfortable in the fandom before you actually had regular season play going on and like games and stuff like that and yeah I think it, I so it's it basically just like sports players having feelings which i guess is sort of <laughs> what, 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 to all <laughs> what a lot of pictures of like public anger <laughs> Yeah, snarkiness yeah. and hating of Batman. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like a weird rallying cry, sort of. Like this moment of like, okay, you hate this guy, he's a turd. Like, okay, I can hate this guy. I'm getting in. And then I think like you start like emotionally identifying with the players and their frustration. And that easily then goes into like emotionally identifying with the players and like their joy. They have hockey again. They have purpose. Right. They have teeth. So, like, there was sort of, like, this weird narrative that was built around this fandom that kind of existed suddenly that draw everyone in. And, like, maybe that's why it exploded? Or I mean, personally, this is the Hoyden's fault for okay. me. Like, personally, legitimately, I can say this is the Hoyden's fault. <laughs> so, and I cleared that with her. Okay. So, she knows <laughs> this is her fault. So, Hoyden, like, what do you yeah. have to say for yourself? <laughs> uh, I have many things to say, but actually, uh, one of the things that first strikes me about the lockout, actually, was that... Um, it sort of like it was a good, I mean, for an RPF fandom where canon is always, you know, present and happening to your face like every five seconds, it was actually a good moment of basically like pause. All you bitches catch up. And like, if you want to learn about hockey, like now is the time, you know, now is the time to sort of like go poke at, you know, things that have been written by your teams or, you know, players that you're interested in. Now's the time to go back and maybe uh, if you wanted to watch things like 
the uh, HBO's 24-7 series, which I think is a great right. gay drug to... It is, it is. General. Um, and, and quite purposefully so, but it's excellent, excellent start there. So um, it, I think, A, it allowed people to write about sports people having some feelings, but also be like, okay, like... I can sort of gradually, you know, dip my toes in and get comfortable and, and read. And also, I think basically we have to acknowledge that uh, Tumblr, I think, is a big driver here as well. Yeah, um, it does basically have the viral capability. <laughs> well, it's interesting, like, before I got into hockey, I actually used to have, like, literally the word hockey blacklisted. Because, like, certain people on my dash, like, they were just, like, prolifically bringing it across and like I didn't know who those people were and it just was annoying I was like what is what <laughs> no um and it, you it know, wasn't you until care. kind of I was brought in with the venue of like okay like because I always abstractly enjoyed hockey as a sport but it wasn't until somebody like actually like took me aside and was like okay this is like who these teams are and like this is what you're doing here <laughs> and and by somebody you mean the white yeah, <laughs> yeah. somebody <laughs> yeah but here's yeah. like the weird thing too for me is that um, so I um, like my personal experience with hockey itself. I, I watched it in high school, like sort of casually. I went to some college games, um, but like there wasn't really anything for me to sort of like hook into. Like I remember reading one interview like in the nineties by like two random like Red Wings players like rooming on the road, and one of them said kind of cutely about the other. It's like you know I just know that he can't fall asleep without the clicker in his hand. You know, and I was just like, it was like, Bless. like, like <laughs> old Mary Red of two dudes rooming together on the road. And, you know, but um, <laughs> even when I moved to Chicago and was like, you know, starting to get into the Blackhawks, um, even through like their Stanley Cup run, I was just like, yeah, I'm really into this. I'm really into to hockey. But like the sole, you know, extent of my media, like interaction with this was, you know, it's like the newspaper. Like, this is crazy bullshit. What is that? Right. Um, <laughs> and, and the thing is, so, so, I, so basically you're, you're saying that like you were engaging with it initially hockey and, and like more of a mainstream general sports way, not in a fanish way. Yeah. And now, now there's a fanish way to engage with hockey that did not right. really previously exist. Well, I mean, the thing is, too, is that uh, concurrently, I knew SV Madeline, who was into, you know, a hockey fandom. Um, and I mean, hockey fandom in an RPF kind of way. And she was like, trying to get me into it. I was like, nah, nah I just, I, it wasn't something I, I guess I felt like I needed at the time or something that really hooked me. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm fine with my level of engagement as is. Like, that was enough. And then you discovered you were wrong. Uh, I, you know, I still don't understand like what made the flip for me, but I think it was that, uh, I started watching the playoffs, uh, this past year and I kept watching them like in public cause I didn't have cable and I was like, this noise, we need to watch this hockey game. Um, the Kings. <laughs> I started watching in public with fellow fan girls and all of a sudden I was like, hold on. Suddenly the playoffs were over. And I was like, shit, like I need more of this. There's not going to be more of this. What am I going to do? Right. It, it's like the season finale and now you're on hiatus. Yep. <laughs> and then they tell you that your season next season premiere has been pushed off for like four You've months. Been community. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. 
You don't know when the season's going to start. It's going to come tomorrow. Next right. week. And, and we're working on Yeah, and maybe I should explain, we should explain for people who, like, don't know oh. hockey from a hole in the ground. Like, yes. the lockout is basically, there was a labor dispute, which essentially um, delayed the start of the season by, what, three months, four months? Something like that. Essentially. So, it's basically, it's, it's the season we're currently in the middle of is only a very short 48-game season. Um, really well, I will say, team. like, the interesting thing about Hockey Fandom is once it actually gets going, it is, or hockey games, they are, it is fairly relentless. Like, <laughs> and I think that's probably, I think, your point that, like, the lockout was a good time for people to get into it, I think, because once the season starts, it's literally, like, game, game, game. <laughs> and I think and that, it's not like you get an F1 episode a week for an hour, it's like... <laughs> um, and I think there was a fair amount of tension because... Yeah there was no clear answer about whether or not the lockout was going to end. So there was a large possibility that there would be no season of hockey this year at all. Right. Um, which I think was the fact that, like, that received some coverage and then the fact that people were constantly complaining about it. And I mean that the most <laughs> agreed I was complaining about it two cents. Um, really, I think, a, did give people a kind of a spark of interest. Right. It kind of reminded me of, you know, when everyone in the world like, every fucking person in the world was watching Lost, and they were all trying to, like, postulate what the island was. <laughs> That's honestly, having, having watched a lot of Lost, yeah. Like, right? For and me, like, for me the start of the hockey season was, honestly, I opened the hatch, <laughs> and I didn't know what was going to be down there, and it was, but it was not like, a guy using a computer. <laughs> Put it that way. But it was like, even if you didn't care about Lost, you were like, fuck you, it's purgatory. It's clearly purgatory. Like, you can be just like a person on the street, and you were like, I will get into this with you. I don't Do not start with this. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm cutting off this particular digression. <laughs> my feelings about Lost are extremely personal, and they're none of your business. We know. We acknowledge your feelings, and now we're moving on. <laughs> um, okay, so maybe another thing, question to ask is sort of, um, why do you think, I know Hockey Fandom sort of gravitates around your two major teams would be the Blackhawks and the Penguins, and then also, pairing-wise, Sid, Gino, and Kaner, Taylor. Why do you think um, sort of those are, like, the people who have kind of emerged at the top of the heap? Like, where does the interest come from? Here's the thing, because I'm, like, a, a Maple Leafs fan, right? And there's, like, no slash right now for the Leafs. Yeah, I, I, I'm also, it's like, Joffrey, Joffrey Lupul himself. Right, like, <laughs> I, everyone ships Joffrey Lupul himself. This is like, one unbroken limb. <laughs> but there's a reason for it, right? Like, there's, there's no pairing of two dudes on that team who work really well together and are both attractive and, like, room together and have, like, weird tension. But, like, yeah. even That's the barely. mainstream media is like, holy crap, Sid and Gino, like, Taves and Kaner, like, even they're they like, are all like, over it. Yeah, like, like, yeah, they're like, like, here are, like, I think, you know, uh, Kane and Taves are two people who have, you know, at least five years of history of being extremely weird about each other, so there's a lot, and also, like, being sort of already match made by the media to be people they're going to talk about together constantly and, like, poke at and watch them poke each other and, Plus, you know. Sid and Gino have that, like, beautiful, almost Disney romance backstory of, like, when Gino first came to America and didn't speak English, and they, like, met on the front, it, like, it's beautiful. Yeah. Are you trying to make him into, like, The Little Mermaid? Because that's where my brain is going. <laughs> <laughs> I already happened. I already talked about it. Yeah, We've had like extensive conversations about The Little Mermaid AU. Yeah. I mean, like, legit to death that, you know, basically Evgeny Malkin, or Gino, as we're going to probably call him for the rest of this podcast, uh, you know, left Russia to, you know, come to, you know, broke his, con like, basically, like, ditched his contract and came to the U.S. to play for the Penguins, rolls up, 
shows up on Mary Lemieux's doorstep and meets Sidney Crosby. And, um, like, we can only, you know, basically imagine the kind of magic that just happened there. But clearly, um, the they're way- also two people who are not, I wouldn't say weird about each other, but have formed this bond against, like, the odds of language struggles and everything else and still somehow are totally adorable together. So... Every Uh, time I've read a newspaper article about that moment, it sounds like a romance novel. Like, it's, like, basically love at first sight, but, like, hockey love at first sight. Where Marianne is the king and Sydney is the prince. Yeah. (laughs) I I have no qualms about this. (laughs) But, um, I mean, I also think some of it also has to do with the fact that, um, they, there was a kind of, like, a, there were two ways this narrative could kind of go. And one was... You know, like you have the existing super, legitimately, you have an existing superstar on the team in Sidney Crosby. And I think people were kind and, of waiting. And for people who don't know, Sidney Crosby is essentially like the Wayne Gretzky of this generation. Yeah, we literally like, yeah, you know Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky. He's the like next great the one. closest thing we have to a Wayne Gretzky these days. And like, you have no idea how much that just pained <laughs> Marilyn to say. But I'm, I'm a Cavs fan, so, you know, my life is <laughs> you have in a constant Vichkin. misery. Ovechkin <laughs> is great. Fair. We might make the playoffs. It's possible. You really could be. But so there's a kind of this existing narrative that I think people were waiting for. It was kind of to see like this clash of the titans. Um, um, I see what you're saying. And, and kind of like seeing like, oh, is like Gino going to want to leave to have his own team? Or, you know, like, how is this going to play out? But instead it was like these two dudes who could not be more complimentary about each other, who could not kind of like be more excited to play together. And I think that took them in like an entirely different, much more great direction. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of like what opened the door here. Right. Because like Taves and Kane, like they had this kind of like pigtaily kind of traditional, like that moment of where you're like, I am like watching you guys be weird about each other. Like this, you guys stop <laughs> like <laughs> making jokes about like the one thing I wouldn't want on a desert Island is like the other guy. But I'm like, that's, when you say that, I know that that's what the opposite of the thing you mean is. I don't know. Sometimes I actually am like, I honestly don't know if they hate each other or they like each other, to be honest. And, like, and obviously I'm not really, like, my, I don't have my, my slash goggles on um, a lot of the time when I'm looking at this. But, like, sometimes I actually do think that they they do hate and, like, don't respect each other at all. And I'm like, I, but then you just can't tell. Because <laughs> they're weird. <laughs> There's just a lot of tension there. Yeah. But that's what makes it great, right? Like, when I was yeah. in hockey fandom in the early 2000s, there were people on the Leafs like that, but not anymore. Aww. And that's, that's Sorry, why you yeah. get, like... Sorry about your life and your team. We just need someone really team. handsome to join the Leafs and, like, spend a lot of time with Lupul. That's all. <laughs> like, Berta Luongo? I, I also feel like this is going <laughs> to be... Yeah, I also feel like this is going to be kind of confusing for people heart. because they're just going to be, like, name-dropping random-ass players and nobody's uh, going to know who all these people are. Oh, then we should tell the story of how... Hoyden got me into Lupul and who he is. Lupul is a Leafs player, by the way. Yeah, this is also just like for those of you who are like don't know hockey or don't give a shit about the Leafs, which is most people. Most people, (laughs) most sensible people. Okay, so so first of all, uh, MK was like talking. She's like, I'm really thinking about you know following the Leafs again, like more hardcore. And I was like, yeah, absolutely, MK. Like, you should go for that. Like, Because she already has a Canadian baseline of, like, following it more than most people. Right. And I was like, <laughs> I was like it's your you need to level up. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it's your hometown teen, and I can always, well, okay, 98% of the time, I can respect your love for your hometown team. Exclusion, Philly. Yeah. <laughs> if you're from Philadelphia. <laughs> if you're from Philadelphia, get out of there. Sports exception, regardless of what the team is. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm, honestly, like, any Philadelphia sports team from peewee to pro, I would like to salt the earth on which they came, so nothing will ever grow there again. And I have no shame about that. I would tell that to anyone. I would tell the mayor of Philadelphia that. <laughs> That's how I eat all the okay. sports teams. Sorry, okay. Let's let Hoyden care. Yes. I would go back in time and tell Ben Franklin that he should make, like, a ban in, like, the rules of the city of Philadelphia about sports. Hashtag sports. Let, let Hoyden carry on. I'm sorry. Okay, no, it's not like that story's that exciting, except for, uh, so, MK was like, well, I'm not for the Leafs, but, you know, I kind of want to buy a jersey, but, you know, I just don't really know who I should be into. And I was like... Well, you know, I'm like, I don't have really strong Maple Leaf feelings, but I was like, I bet you I could find a dude on your team who is like, a, you know, a good person. We'll Probably. do some research. We'll set you up with a nice boy. <laughs> I was like, you know, like, he's, I was like, she was like, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll like go for this other player. I was like, MK, MK, you can't do that because what if he gets traded? You'll just be sad. Which is the other terrible part of like hockey fandom is what if your favorite player gets traded? Like, ah, um. So I was like, how about you go for this, this Joffrey Lupul guy? He looks kind of nice and looks like he's a rede- you know, human being with like some redeeming characteristics. Um, and so she does. She buys a jersey and like a day later, his own captain like fractures his like Joffrey Lupul's forearm and he's out for four weeks. So I was like, uh. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I just summed up the Maple Leafs in, like, one horrible, like, interaction. <laughs> That's a metaphor for that entire team. Honestly, yes. Here's the thing. The te- the captain of the Maple Leafs is, like, the worst hockey player of all time. Like, I don't know how this guy got a job. Like, sometimes <laughs> he scores. He off his jersey. And yeah. Then, like, like, I'm like, he shouldn't be captain. He shouldn't even be, like, assistant or alternate captain, right? Like, he should just be a dude on the team. He would be, like, an okay defenseman, but not captain. And every time that I watch a game with my friends, we're all just sitting there, and anytime he gets the puck, we're all like, fuck, Fanuf? Who gave the puck to Fanuf? And inevitably, he passes to the other team. <laughs> uh, I was just qualified that time he broke his teammate's arm. He was shooting for the goal, and it didn't even go in. <laughs> yeah, he missed by a mile. So basically, though, the moral of the story is when we're asking, like, how did all of you get into Hockey RPF, it, the answer is still the Hoyden is yeah, <laughs> still firmly at your doorstep. It's well, always the Hoyden. I'm okay with that. That's fine. <laughs> no, we're good. Totally taking responsibility. Um, she also sent me a message that was, like, a link to Joffrey Lupul's Wikipedia page, and she was like, P.S., his last name means, like, the wolf in Ukrainian or something. And I was like, well... Okay. <laughs> Clearly meant to be. Clearly this is happening. Sold. Basically. To the highest furry bidder. <laughs> Thanks. Aww. Anyway, as, as you were sort of alluding to before, uh, Hoyden, there is definitely a difference between a fanish engagement with the sport and sort of more mainstream um, engagement with hockey. And I was sort of wondering you guys' thoughts about like where that difference lies and sort of how that affects um, hockey RPF's sort of position in it and um, a lot of sort of the other interesting like tensions and things surrounding it. I think it's interesting because personally, in addition to this sport, which is the only sport I feel fanishly about mm-hmm. and have engaged in a fandom with, mm-hmm. um, but I'm also a hashtag sports fan. 
Right. So there are other, like, I have, like, a college basketball team, and I have a baseball team. A terrible college basketball team, for the record, that you should be ashamed of. uh, (laughs) Anyway. um, And a football team that I, and, like, a lot of these things, for totally better reason. Um, to qualify, I'm a Duke fan, a Yankees fan, and a Redskins fan. Two wow. of these things are quote unquote evil, and one of them is just sad. <laughs> one of them is evil, two of them are sad. No, no, all of them are sad. <laughs> anyway, two of them are evil. anyway, <laughs> anyway, we have to move on. Um, basically, I was raised with a lot of different sports feelings, and you know, I've always been like interested in sports, and I've always had teams to follow. Um, but for me, hockey is the only one that I've kind of come on to by myself without the kind of addendum of my entire family also being into it. So it's not part of your sad sports genetic heritage. No, I, I, I've made myself into this. I did this to myself. Okay. Except for the parts about how Hoyden did this to me. There's a lot of um, weird tension in this backstory. No, no, no. And, and I just, I have, I feel like this came adds. came by a different street. Right. And I feel like this kind of adds to my personal emotional connection with hockey. It's like, yes, am I interested in writing stories about butt sex? And like, yes, am I emotionally invested in a lot of these players because I'm emotionally invested in it from a fantasy perspective? Absolutely. But then through this, I also found this game that I independently love. And I didn't know that until I came to it this way. And so it's actually like been very interesting for me personally, mm-hmm. because about like a couple of months ago, I would have been able to tell you, like, I have a basic understanding of hockey and that I know the puck goes in the net and you have two teams <laughs> right. and there's fighting, but which is, is, is a lot of people's, which is a lot of people's understanding of hockey and a lot of people in fandom's understanding of hockey. And that's, fine that doesn't make you any less of engaged in the fandom and it doesn't make you any less of a hashtag sports fan right um so you're in terms of like there's not like a qualifier of like you need to know statistics on like you know the last like, no no i think that's bullshit like yeah. i i, I feel so like it's kind of sports fan idea of like statistics right. and like well this is the first time that they've done this since like 19 whatever the heck and like then they won 12 games and blah 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 and, yeah you know dropping statistics like it's your job which is a very sort of which like is some people nerdy know. kind of like sports thing that it sort of is like the weird cousin to general and i think it's very interesting yeah. is that this kind of this passion about it this yeah. urge to know no everything things. about it right is i think a very mainstream sports way of coming at it right. it's there's and it's actually interesting i was speaking with a co-worker and I mentioned that I was going to be going to Pittsburgh to be seeing a pair of games. And we sort of started talking about it. And she is from Pittsburgh and is also a Penn fan. And she was like, you know, oh, I like, I love like watching the games, but like really the stuff I really love is like all like the behind the scenes stuff, the interviews, like in the room and like all that stuff. And I thought it was really interesting because I was like, I didn't get the like, you're one of us vibe. <laughs> But, like, there was that still kind of, yeah, like, we didn't, like, draw, uh, like, a a boner in the sand. (laughs) um, There was kind of that interesting, like, moment of, like, I felt, (laughs) if only I had, like, a lamp on my roof that looked like a wiener. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I know know what my Christmas present is going to be this year. (laughs) Um, But I did get that weird feeling of, like, that fanish connection I feel with people when I talk about things that I'm very strongly emotionally invested with. And this, I think, ties back into some of our fourth wall stuff where you're, like, the idea of, like, being a strong fan of something 
versus like being fanish about something. Well, and I, I think that it is sort of interesting to me because I feel like um, being a fan of something and wanting to know everything about it is sort of, I guess, sort of like a general overarching thing that I think anyone who appreciates hockey, regardless of why or any sport, um, that's sort of what you do. Um, but in mainstream sports culture, I think it definitely expresses itself in learning all about like statistics and game things and like this records and records and like, um, this very sort of like, I don't know, detailed, that's where the energy goes into. Whereas the more fanish engagement wants to know everything, but it wants to know everything about these people. Um, which I guess makes sense because that's what we do. Right. Um, we're in it for the feels. Right. I think definitely um, going back to what Kate was talking about of like, um, you know, sort of having these interactions with strangers or with people that you previously would not have talked about this with. It feels sort of like to me in a lot of ways, I'm still occasionally surprised by the fact that if I walk out of my house with, you know, some something on that identifies me as a hockey fan, that people know I'm a hockey fan and will talk like strangers will talk mm-hmm. about hockey. And it's sort of like, it's a weird uh, moment of like cognitive dissonance for me of like people oh, because really love this part thing. of public discourse as opposed yeah. to like your right. sacred internet discourse. <laughs> well, literally, and like literally, I went to get coffee for me and Mare on my like way here, and I'm wearing a Pens T-shirt because it's lucky, and we have a game at one o'clock, <laughs> and it's, what the fuck do you want from me? It's lucky. Um, and literally this woman, while we were waiting for our coffees, turns to me and goes, Oh, do you know if the game is on TV today? Or if like, it's a blackout basically. And it's like, we had like a quick conversation. Like she's like from Pittsburgh and we kind of had a quick talk and we're like, Oh yeah, better hope. Like, you know, like there was only one day left in March and like, we better win today. And like, Let's it was just like, like yeah. Sure. Like, and I, yeah, like dinner the other night I was wearing the shirt again. Cause it, it's lucky. Um, <laughs> I, I do. I haven't washed it. I'll be honest. It's lucky. You shouldn't, and you shouldn't. Wash and I shouldn't it. wash it. It, it was um, totally like sports superstition. Yeah, and like literally, my waiter, who was like a Caps fan, like we had a quick conversation about the fact that like we just Ray Shiro like sold his soul to Satan and did some other mumbo jumbo to get us like eight NHL captains in like <laughs> one week before the trade deadline. Um, and we'll we see how that rolled out for y'all. <laughs> yeah, just who knows? Saying. Who knows? But. <laughs> Um, I feel good about it. I feel like I want to destroy everybody on the planet. But, um, so I, I do think that is, like, an interesting part of the discourse is, yeah, like, I'll go out wearing, like, my jersey sometimes or a t-shirt, and it is interesting that people kind of, like, and I know, I'm sure people are doing it in, like, a negative way, too, where, like, when I see somebody... Oh, it's, it's sort of, it's the old, like, and I, this is coming from fandom, like, oh, yeah. you're not really a fan of that band that you're wearing a t-shirt of. You oh, no, 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 that is, that is, yeah. no, I mean, like, literally just, like, somebody who's, like, not a fan of your team looking at you and instinctively going, oh, Ugh. Like, I instantly know everything about you. Yeah, yeah, that kind of, like, that moment of, like, oh, gross. <laughs> like, I judge like, you. I, and I, and like, you do that for, like, any kind of sports sports yeah. thing and also like in general like rivalries like if you see like a car with your rival high school's like bumper sticker on it you're like instinctively you're just like Ugh. <laughs> or like your rival called like any <laughs> billionaire rivals <laughs> oh god but uh, here's the like, uh, we're, like we're not going to billionaire rivals I'm no too- we're not going back to billionaire rivals but one of the other things that I think is interesting is that um, like this is like the first time that for me that I've had something where it was socially acceptable to be super pumped about something. Right. So that my my boss was very at work was uh, it was very sweet. She was like, I, I didn't even know there was a lockout. But then you told me about it. And then I sort of I pay attention now when it's on the news so that I so that I know what's happening with you. And I was like, that's remarkably sweet. 
and like a crazy sort of like acknowledgement of you're crazy about this thing and that's fine right um, well because i think isn't it sort of like because it is a more socially acceptable mode of fanishness rather than like you know right. so that when people make like chain mail replicas of jerseys or when i went to the blackhawks convention last summer i was talking to uh these two women in front of me in line who had they were kind of sad that they couldn't buy like the leg warmers that the Chicago ice girls wear. And they were like, well, fuck it. We're going to make them ourselves. And I was like, these are like examples of things that I would definitely go like, it's just some serious like Spanish behavior. Like this is like cosplaying only it's yes. not. Only it's yeah, it's like, it's like cosplay. cosplay. Like that's <laughs> the thing. Like, like you're supposed to wear like your team's jersey. You're supposed to wear like your team's out in stuff. public. Yeah, team, like, what, and like, that's like being like proud and representational and like cheering them on. But like so it is like a weird moment of cognitive dissonance where I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to actually like talk to people about this and like this thing that I'm excited about and I'm not gonna get shit all over for it. Like it feels weird. So I think um, one of the other interesting, I feel like one of the interesting sort of like tensions around hockey RPF um, in terms of its relationship to the broader hockey universe as a whole is um, hashtag sports. Hashtag sports. (laughs) Is that right? Well, and I I think also it's sort of, um, and then also like when you're actually experiencing, I guess the canon, so to speak um, outside of, you know, your usual RPF stuff like Twitter and interviews um, it is, you know, going to games, which is always sort of interesting. Like, and uh, as like someone who's like come from fandom, like the very first, when I got into that, it was like interesting to sort of have this very like public social real life meat space, like thing where you're going to go see these people do their thing with a bunch of other like fan people with you experiencing it and so it's actually like you know leave your basement (laughs) (laughs) do finish things outside like it it is sort of rather than like sitting on your couch like with your laptop and you know your your remote like it's a different sort of mode of like engaging with something um which i think has like a lot of interesting and like mostly you know and i think it's also really interesting like to be like because like like you wouldn't you can watch like comic-con or you can watch like paley fest and you can see lots of other people who and like visually see them who are like excited about the thing that you're excited in if it's like some traditional form of media but when you go to a game and like I mean like obviously it's going to be different if you're going to a stadium where like you're not the home team but like if you go to a stadium and you're the home team and there's just like this tremendous energy of like literally almost everyone around you is so pumped about the exact same thing you are and they want the exact same thing you do and like that's in general like that's like a hashtag sports feeling right but like that feels like really great. Like it's kind of like you know you're real life, this real life like flailing. Like. Yeah, and like you high five strangers, and yeah. it's like it's a very interesting thing because like for a moment like all that matters about like the person next to you, and like if you could not know anything about them, you could not like anything about them if you actually got to know them. But for like one perfect moment when like somebody scores you're in love with that person like <laughs> by a million angels and everyone around you and like that is like it's like a weird transcendent thing right i think there's it's a way to like, get on like, it everybody yeah i think like the i think there's a way in which games as well are like an interesting equalizing experience because we were talking before about how like maybe for like hardcore you know hashtag sports fan a lot of your you know fetish energy manifests is like I want to know all the things, like all the stats, whatever, which is fine, like A+, plus. but I also have NHL.com to tell me this shit, so why would I look it up myself unless I needed to know? Um, but uh, I think one of the great things about going to a game is that 
you can hear and understand that people around you have different levels of knowledge and different levels of engagement. And that's like fine because like Kate just said, like it's fine because you're all feeling the same thing for the most part. Like you're all, you're all in this together. So, um, I honestly sometimes, you know, yeah, well, I think actually one thing that I, I, I sort of want to jump off on, cause I feel like we do have to talk about this is sort of the, uh, the, uh, puck bunny, um, <laughs> the idea of the puck bunny. The, the idea of the puck buddy and hockey fandom, and how like that relates to your guys's perception of yourselves. So I think so. Puck buddy is like a hugely problematic category because, on the one hand, it describes a group of women who um, either self-identify or um, as as people who who want to to sleep with players and sort of like a groupie esque like atmosphere. But the other like part of that <laughs> is that like a lot of mainstream read male you know sports media will say like will label women fans as as puck buddies because you obviously couldn't be interested in hockey unless you also wanted to bone these guys. So which now, again is like who gives a shit? That, yeah, people give right. a shit. Yeah. So, um, so like there, like that, that exists. Like that is, that is like something that's in like hockey culture and, um, it's gross and I don't like it, but what I especially don't like about it is that, so not only are men doing this to women by being like, Oh, like you can't like legitimately like Sidney Crosby unless you want to bone him. But my answer is like, I can want to do both and that's fine. Um, yeah. Or sort of like the, the fake geek girls only it's the fake sports geek girls. Yes. But yeah. then, but then women fans do it to each other too, because they're like, Oh, well, if you're, if you think this guy's hot, then you're not a real hockey fan because only I, my pure, like, you know, statistical love of this player in his game. Like I only want him for his hockey. And that's what makes me different from all other women fans. So I will say that I'm not like those other girls. I will say yeah. as a past fan, I only want Ovi for his hockey. But <laughs> <laughs> have you seen his face and he got hit with a puck last week? Like I'm sure that's <laughs> his face Sorry, is kind of mocked. So okay, so like that that exists, that's in the air, but I think there's um actually the thing so like obviously I knew intellectually that existed. I'm actually happy to say that for the most part, I have not encountered that too much in my, you know, real life interactions with other people. Like for the most part, I've found hockey to be an incredibly welcoming community. Um, I should also preface this by saying that I started playing hockey during the lockout because I was like, if I'm not going to be able to watch hockey, I should probably like step up and learn how to play because I've always wanted to read like the last three years I've wanted to try and now is like my moment so like not only as a fan but as someone who plays hockey I've actually found the atmosphere to be like people being like do you love hockey then you're a fan and like we want to talk like we want to love this with you so right. oh I feel like there's sort of like in at least in you know south of the Canadian border it is kind of like an underdog sport where I feel like people are sort of like oh my god you like hockey like hi come come we have candy come. <laughs> like you feel like it's not enough to be picky right right <laughs> Um, and I will say as someone who has like worked in like sports journalism, like the hockey editor was always like the saddest motherfucker in the room because his stories inevitably got cut for the sake of football Aww. and baseball. And his, his like Aww. face would just get very like quiet. Like literally it took a 24 game point streak to make the cover of Sports Illustrated. For the first time like, here. Yeah. The heat, like get it if they like pick their nose. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jesus. Okay, guys, did you know that uh, the Olympics when Sid Crosby played and the Canadian team beat the American team at for, like, the gold medal? Yes. yes. Wow. I'm really pleased wow. you phrased it that way. <laughs> Canadian. You're welcome. But the important thing is, 
It was something like 96% of Canada was watching that game. <laughs> like, they, just, they pulled the just numbers. Just the kind of statistic that you could only ever get back when there were four channels in the 1960s. Like, right. When you didn't have choices about what to watch. <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember watching that game, and we were so excited. Like, the game finished, and we were just, like, exploding out of our skin with joy. Well, and we were, like, is right. Like, the Canadians got fucked up on hockey. We got and, like, super, to play. super fucked up on hockey. And we ran around the house. We are like, we need a Canadian flag. We need to go, like, drive around and scream at people. <laughs> Only two Canadians have, like, wanted a flag. Well, here's the thing. We were like, we don't have one. Yeah. We don't own one because nobody has one. And we had to go to Canadian Tire, and Canadian Tire was filled with other Canadians fucked up on (laughs) hockey trying to buy flags. And they only had, like, little flags, and everyone was really upset. This is a really great story, and I'm just glad to know you. Yeah, uh, I know. (laughs) That was, like, the moment, though, that 96% of Canada was in love with Sid Crosby. Like, the entire nation was just like, yes, that boy. That's a good boy. Um, That's good. He is kind of a big deal. Meanwhile, interestingly enough, I actually was watching that gold medal game, and it's just, like, it's funny, like, in retrospect... Like, I had no, like, strong feelings about hockey. I Like, all my feelings were motivated by patriotism. And <laughs> I was like, I wanted America to win because America. Um, and now it's interesting because I have, like, all these weird conflicting feelings about it. And, like, Hoyden and I have talked about how, like, we're going to need to go on an emotional vacation when, like, Sochi happens and, like, shit's going to get real and fucked up. And, like, that's kind of, like, the really exciting. interesting thing about it is that, like, <laughs> thanks. You did, Dr. <laughs> uh, but basically, like... That's also kind of, like, quote-unquote, the problem with, like, liking these NHL teams is that there's guys from, like, all different nationalities. You know, like, a good mix of Americans and Canadians. Like, it's a little Canadian-heavy, but that's, it's their sport. That's fair. But so, but so then you have, like, guys from, like, other countries, too, like Sweden and, like, Russia. Asia. Yeah, Russia. and Russia. And all these guys, like, you get to know them and love them together as teammates, and then all of a sudden you're, like, thrust into a situation where they have to, like, play each other and you're like I don't know what to do my heart is like throwing up into like my chest and I'm like I'm worried about it already and it's like over like it's well actually it's like under now but like a year away and see I'm, I already I'm, have this problem but it's more like uh when some people in Toronto find out that I'm like following the Leafs they're like but you have a backup team right <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like yeah I've, I've got two it's okay and they're like oh good then you're safe it's really hard for me when Whenever the Penguins play the Leafs, it's really upsetting. Right. Well, then that's also sort of a concept that I, I sort of want to talk about, too, is that I feel like a lot of people in, in in hockey fandom are, you know, multi, or pan-hockey, I guess is the word that I've heard thrown one. around. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. they just like a whole bunch of teams, and they aren't really like, you know, I guess your traditional sports mode is to like, you have your team, and that's who you're a fan of, and like, you can only really have one, because if you have more than one, it starts getting weird after a certain point, and like, yeah, and honestly, you can't sustain it. So like, yeah. um... I guess in, like, the different mode of, like, fanish engagement allows for you to like all these different people, but I'm sort of curious, like, what happens, like, what, what happens if, like, Stanley Cup Leafs, or, sorry, Pins versus Blackhawks, like, what do you guys do? I literally call it something with a capital T and a capital T, and I can't talk about it. No, but, like, what do you do? Like, I'm just, like, I will cross that bridge if it happens. <laughs> like, I'm but in the meantime, I can't talk about the thing. It's going to happen. Well, no, like, I, and honestly, like, that is not, like, an unreasonable thing. They're both having very great seasons. Like, I, I don't, like, how do you, like, who do you root for? Like, I, how does it, how does it work? Like, and I'm just sort of, I'm curious. I can't, I, I can't, like, literally, it is, like, one of those things where, like, this is, like, Sophie's choice. 
Um, and so, like, literally, it is, like, only a bridge I will cross about thinking if it actually comes to pass. Okay, let, let's backtrack, though. Let's, like, uh, let's, let's leave the thing aside and talk yeah. about other things that are less, like, emotionally fraught. So, so I mean, if you're talking about hockey being in <laughs> fandom, that, um, I mean, I would say, like, a fair number of people are, like, oh, like, maybe I follow, like, this team or these couple of teams, but I also sort of keep up on, like, you know, this person from this other team. So um, a good example of this is that I, as a Blackhawks fan, by all rights, should not like anybody from Vancouver. Like, that, that nope. should be a thing that happens. And you shouldn't. <laughs> my love for Vancouver Canucks goalie Roberto Luongo is um, pretty extreme at this point because to be a, fair, he has declared on Twitter that he um, hasn't like officially said is his, but it's definitely him. One hundred percent, actually him. Yeah, it's one hundred percent him. And he just trolls everyone, and I just respect and love him for it. And I just want to rescue him from Vancouver. Like his I'm, poetry is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, um, he writes poetry about other men's, like, elephant hips and um, <laughs> invites them to get the fuck out of his crease. You know, I, I just, I just, I love him a super a lot. But, so, I mean, I guess it's easier to like individual players from other teams if you maybe don't especially care about that team. Or... You can sort of, like, love the sinner, hate the sin. Like, love the player... Yeah, hate the team. So and like, mean, and like, you can you can appreciate you know your goalie, but if you know the Canucks lose, oh well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and there are there are players who have been traded from your team, so like sure. you still like love them, but you feel weird about the fact that Adam Burge plays with the San Jose Sharks. Like, it feels yeah. weird in your soul. Um, yeah, and, and that's too like there's teams that are no threat to your teams. Yeah, so, I'm also, I feel like in this season is also sort of interesting because I feel like if I wanted to, I could like somebody you know on the West Coast. And still, like, the Caps, and, like, it wouldn't really matter so far because they haven't played each other yet. Right. Yeah. So, like, so, so like the Twain have not met yet. Yeah. That's the other thing, too, is that for the most part, you could – so, for everybody who would like to know, the National Hockey League is di- divided roughly in half between, like, an Eastern and Western Conference – and slightly less roughly next year too. Uh, yeah. So for the most part, they mostly play within those those two halves. But they do play everybody else as well. But so for the most part, you're facing people within your own conference. So having one team in one conference and one in another is not an unreasonable proposition because um, you'll have more hockey to watch. You'll have you know you can follow them without having too much conflict of interest. Thing occur, which you cannot talk. Um, That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I also feel like, do you think, like, if that does happen, I'm just curious. I'm sorry. I keep bringing it up, but it, like, I'm yes, a bad person. Yes. It's previously discussed. I'm like, this just, like, is really fascinating to me. What do fandom think, will do? What will fandom do if this happens? I mean, what do you think fandom will do if this happens? I'm sure a lot of people will treat it as a no-lose scenario. Like, no matter what happens, they can be happy. I don't, I don't understand that. Possible. But, I mean, like, and that's also because, like, I... Like, personally, like, like I don't feel get, like, no. <laughs> no and I, I mean, personally, like, I don't get the pan sport approach because like they're just teams you have to hate like and that's and some of that has to do some of that has to do with like what team you follow most right like here's the thing like i'm a cast person kate's a pins person like the pins are basically the pins and the flyers are our most hated teams so like we went to we went to a Caps game together and this Caps is pins this game is like together. some strong friendship test <laughs> and like and we're still sitting next to each other right now right and like but only because because like we love each other like a lot you survived right? yeah and like I don't really see how like you could like like both of them like 
be a Caps and a Pins fan at the same time. But I'm sure like some like that's just coming from me because like I'm a Caps person, so I hate the Pins, and it's sort of like ta-da, boom, boom, like one and done. <laughs> yes. Like that's just how it is. Yeah, and so for like and because like I'm a Pens fan, I actually I have like a lot of love in my heart for the Caps, and it's like one of those things where I guess like for me it's like it's a sort weird, of a fun it's like like a dichotomous you. no it's like a dichotomous key thing like okay. as long as you're not playing the pens or the hawks which isn't happening this season but like will occur in the future right. like i want the caps to win like pretty badly actually but it's like a superseding it's like a computer protocol like if x then y right. but like if y then like <laughs> problems but so like but there are teams like i full-blooded hate and like and i'm a grudge carrier like <laughs> you i still have grudges well, about like I, I 1999 like, like first round playoffs redskins problems i still have like hate <laughs> in my which is amazing but like, like justified justified but like there. and like I, i'm like i'm a grudge carrier so like there are a lot of teams where i'm just like i'm really not about you right because like you did something that I really don't care for, which by which I mean like beating my team. Yeah. But but yeah, but I also feel like here's something like I think you and I could probably like we could go if we could go watch a game. Yeah. And we could shit talk each other. Yeah. And, and like shit talk the hell out of we each did. other. We did. And like trash <laughs> like and I would trash like you know to the cows fucking come home if we were playing game and like she could totally tell me that like Ovi is sucking today and like she might be right. But, like, <laughs> Sorry. And like, but at the end of the day, like, we would understand that and just sort of like, sport, that's what you hashtag do. sports discourse. Hashtag Whereas sports. I feel like there's some sort of weird thing where I feel like if I were to do that in like a different, with a different person or like in a, like a public atmosphere that I was like peeing in someone's fan Cheerios, like, you know what I mean? Like the, and like, I don't really want to do that because I think that's mean, but like. Well, and I think it's like, we're very used to kind of like it an interaction with other people is in like don't shit on the things other people yeah. like because yeah. like, that's not your and like that's sort of like that's like a fan like yeah. really general rule of etiquette is you don't shit on things that people like are happy about but like I'm like if the pins win the Stanley Cup I'm not gonna be happy like I will freely like I will just I will be over here like sulking in a corner being like this blows <laughs> like <laughs> but then like you know what I mean so I don't know it's interesting there's a weird like tension there or, like I don't necessarily know like how to behave in terms of my like response to some of this stuff sometimes because like my fangirl mode of etiquette and like my Everybody most is disagreeing right. with you. Yeah, and it, it's yeah. kind of, like, stressful to me. Just so even, like, even though I'm not really super into hockey RPF, like, to, like, even be, like, watching it and, like, some stuff where I'm just, like... <sighs> I, I think actually the interesting part about that is that... Um, so, for the things that I dislike about... Um, if I dislike various teams and so forth, there's a way in which, actually, Tumblr is ideal for this because I'm just, like, blacklist the hell out of them. Like, I don't want to see anything to do with these teams or these people and it's fine like I don't have to if I don't want to like right. mm-hmm. uh, and the other thing too is that uh but you're right in that I do tend to hold my tongue if I know somebody is like super into another team or I'll be polite about it but that just means that five seconds later I'm going to be texting Kate being like oh my god do you know what I hate the most <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, see, Canada. We're used to this. We've had like centuries of fucking each other up on hockey. Rivalries. No, Tell your ways, MK. Yes, we don't understand. <laughs> Manners don't matter when it comes to hockey. They're not important. Uh, we have a friend here from Boston who's like moving back to Boston. He's a huge Bruins fan. Gross. Everybody <laughs> hates the Bruins, right? <laughs> If he comes over to watch the game and it's like Leafs Yar. versus Bruins, it's fully like, just swearing at him and calling him an idiot the whole time. There's no manners. <laughs> just deal with it. It's hockey. It's like Mad Max, except like <laughs> watching a sports game. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. Mm. 
your feelings, you'll get over it. And after the game ends, then you're friends again. <laughs> and sometimes it takes a while. Well, I, I feel like, I feel like that, that makes sense to me. But, like, I honestly feel like I don't necessarily know if, like, fandom, like, rolls that way. Yeah. Like, or, or if I would, I would be, like, a jerk if I was, like, hey, random person on my dash who likes Minnesota Wild. Like, what are you doing? No, why? Like, <laughs> in general, why? Well, I think you have to know the person pretty well in order to be an asshole about it. But see, like, but if I were to, like, roll up to someone at a bar, I would, I would literally have no problem being, like, you know, you know, if I was sitting next to someone who was, like, you know, supporting, the, like, this whatever team or, like, a Flyers person, I would have no problem, like, in, in engaging with them and just being, like, you know, fuck you. You have a shitty <laughs> team and I hate your face. Right. Like, and, like, and, and they would completely, like, you know. Go back and, like, you have a shitty team and I hate your face. Right. Sure. And, like, it wouldn't matter if we were friends because that's not what it's about. But I feel like, you know, fandom, you know. There's an inherent level of wanting to be kind to other people in fandom. No, that's not even <laughs> it. Kate is wrong. Like a lot of that is like, yeah, I will. I'll just like blacklist something on Tumblr and I won't talk about it. And that's sort of my way of like, and like, am I personally going like, and like having a sincere moment of disgust? Like, yeah, but I'm like not gonna bring it up with you because like that's like, and especially I think that has to do with like Tumblr. Like I'm choosing to engage with you. Like I'm choosing to follow you. So like if I like, then it's like my responsibility to like blacklist whatever content I don't want to make if I want to continue to follow you. Well, there's also a thing where feelings seem to be like way more sensitive on the internet than they are in real life. Like and it's like you know the tone thing and like where I could be like honestly like I don't wish you ill. I'm just trash talking your team. Comes off can come off in a different way. Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's go on. Yeah. We, have, we have two fangirl confessional type questions. Right. Okay. So I think we should do those. Uh, the first one is from an Anon on the fangirl confessional. Hello, Anon. Oh, okay. Hi. Basically, my confession is that I've developed a kind of fangirl crush on the fan inversions of some of the players or characters, and it's given me mm-hmm. Harry Potter flashbacks when people were in love with Fan and Draco, and J.K. Rowling came out and made statements about he isn't a nice man, etc. I can differentiate between the person and the character and all, but sometimes it feels like a weird disconnect when it involves RPF. I guess I wanted to know, when you're all writing or reading, how much do you view them as real people, and how much do you view them as characters? How much does being a fan of hockey change the way that you interpret them? That's a really good question. I would say, actually, uh, there is... Um, I would say I'm actually extremely aware that... Uh, I don't know these people. Like, all I know is their public personas. All I know is this image that, you know, they're selling to the public as they, you know, play hockey and also, like, endorse products and so forth. I'm like, I do not know who these people are. All I have to go on are basically characterizations that, you know, I sort of see, A, the mainstream media, you know, propagating, but also I see fandom propagating, which can often be different. Um, i.e. like, you know, Phantom Draco, and, and that's, um, and actually, the, <laughs> like, is like, Kane, the, 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 the Phantom Draco, yeah. where, like, Phantom like, thinks he's a good dude, and he's really not that good a dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's like Phantom Loki, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think, Phil, it's, it's like, Schrodinger's hockey player, like, you cannot know what they were actually like. <laughs> nobody can, nobody can authoritatively say, like, this is canon. And so I feel that much more comfortable with being like, these are fictionalized representations of real people. Like this stuff I'm writing is not real. Um, and I feel like there's a, there's a sort of sweet spot of you, you need to know things, but you also need to know not too much. 
I feel like there should be like a broad disclaimer on RPF and this person flavored. It's like it's like from concentrate versus like totally organic juice versus like I don't know. It's got a coloring and like a, and like and that's like, like you're drinking Sunny Delight. Yeah, like are you drinking orange juice? Are you drinking Sunny D? Or are you drinking like orange drink? Orange like, orange. and that's and that's like that's a, it's a legitimate like it's a matter of personal preference. I prefer to be drinking orange drink. Like I know that this what I'm consuming and what I'm creating is not, not nutritious. It's not nutritious. It's definitely not nutritious. There's like one like like I'm tang. piece of an orange. I am tang, <laughs> and that's fine. I took astronauts to the moon. It's great. Um, but I mean, so like. I did have, like, a weird personal moment of disconnect. Like, Horton and I went to go see a bunch of Pens games, and, like, we went to go see warm-ups, and Sydney Crosby was literally feet from my face. And I just had to be like, no, totally separate things. And, like, I, I had a moment where I literally just said to myself, like, no, what I am, like, doing here and, like, what is happening to me right now are totally separate things. Yeah, that and, seems I mean, legit. That was, like, some weird compartmentalization, and now I have, like, a serial killer persona inside of me <laughs> that, like, is trying to deal with all this cognitive dissonance. But, um... Like, like I said, um, I would personally rather not stray too close to the quick. Right. Because it's like, it's well, one thing it, if you want to say like, oh, so there are things where, and like, I feel like this also like at least happens in RPF where fandom has this sort of constructive narrative of who this person is. And then you find out something about them and that kind of completely like disrupts that. And then like, how do you process that? Do you ignore it? Do you, you know, try to like, you know, hand wave it? Do you try to fold it into your existing conception of who this person quote unquote is? Or do you just completely like pretend like that never happened? Um, Well, I think like we've seen like a couple of things, like um, for people who don't know, Patrick Kane had himself a little meltdown after playoffs last year, Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks. And, uh, Went partying on a few successive weekends and um crashed some frat parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Terrible life choices. Choked a lady. He made some poor life choices, but what's interesting to me was that um, you know, we were out of the playoffs, so um it, I think it was this moment where fandom was like, Okay, like, dude made some poor life choices, there was a ton of shit on Deadspin, nobody quite knew like, you know, what what actually happened? Like there were some questions about, you know, like did like you know did what he choke a lady? <laughs> did right. he not choke a lady? Not choke a lady. Like like this is a horrible like question to have to ask of a, a, a character that you have come to love, and I say character quite deliberately because you're like oh shit, like real life real life Patrick Kate intervened and made some shitty choices, and now what? Um, yeah, what do we do with this? What happened actually was like a really interesting, I feel, uh, rainbow of, of stories that dealt with it either by, you know, having him like have a good, like, you know, come to Jesus moment about like his life choices. Um, and then somewhere just like, um, I would say actually sort of strayed toward the uh, extreme wooby end of the spectrum of like, Oh, poor Patrick Kane, like, so shit on by the media, and, you know, nobody loves him. And <laughs> Which, like, ew, sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, like, the, the super, like, hating Patrick Kane, like, you know, like, the, the moment of, like, fandom anger, like, that was there, too, so... It was actually a right. pretty- and I feel like I feel like when we have that kind of reaction, there is sort of like this almost weird undercurrent of betrayal. Like, right. <laughs> like you betrayed me and the way I thought of you. Right. 
because it is like the cognitive dissonance i feel like is just sort of something you carry with you if you aren't an rpf fandom and then like there's moments where it just becomes like so overwhelming that you're like god damn it yeah yeah like okay. i was i had like my balance i had my yeah. balance i had this perfectly like set in my head and then he went and like fucked it all up and then there are there's, there's things like alexander ovechkin who uh recently got engaged to uh an olympic tennis player He's and engaged? they are super effing cute together so and that's kind of like they're so cute together that i'm like oh i don't know if i can actually write or read too much like rpf about him anymore that's in a slash type capacity which is weird like try to fold in like as much like stuff is happening in real time like while they're writing and I'm just like whoa uh like I'm all for like a, there's a there's like a, a certain amount of that I can do and then you're just like you have to make some decisions about how much you can accommodate and again as Kate said you, you have to pick your poison like you have to decide which way you're going to go but I definitely think that uh organic orange juice versus tang one of those is easier just you know putting that out there <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the second question that we got, uh, which is from Maid Cunningly. And she says, for a fandom with as much werewolves and soul bonding as Hockey RPF has, why is there so little nodding? I read extensively in Hockey, or I read extensively in Hockey RPF and exhaustively in Werewolf Fic, but I don't think I've read any nodding at all. I know there was werewolves and soul bond since the dark ages of Hockey RPF, though, which I think might be a factor. Um, I... I nodding in Hockey RPF. <laughs> You should totally see Kate's face right now. It's super great. I'm really sorry for everyone else who can't experience this, but it's delightful. (laughs) Super delightful. The werewolves in Hockey RPF, I think, predated... Well, A, they predate Team Wolf. B, they predate um, the explosion of... Uh, explosion is a really bad word to use there. (laughs) But they they predate the proliferation of Alpha Omega and nodding in (laughs) like movie fandoms like Inception and X Men. I think for the most part. So um, even my coffee for natural out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I have read some nodding now in this fandom, um, but it was in the context of Alpha Omega. It was not in a werewolf context, right? Which I actually feel like is sort of generally the way that that's going from what I've seen all over the place now. Like, more just Alpha Omega nodding, less on the werewolves. Like, they don't actually seem, they seem to sort of separated themselves into two separate tropes that kind of exist independently of each other. Well, 
excluding Teen Wolf. Teen excluding Wolf like, Teen Wolf, which for yeah, its reasons, own special virus being able to live outside the host. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. But I think actually part of the joy for me of uh, reading of uh, reading hockey RPF is that um, I think fandom has sort of collectively decided that, okay, like this isn't a show like Supernatural or whatever, but you know what? If you want to DH Patrick Kane, or if you want Sidney Crosby to turn into an actual penguin, that's fine. Do it. It's great. Um, <laughs> I read like three DH fix yesterday. I was like, fandom, I love you so much. Right? There was like a rash of them yesterday. And I was like, click, 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 click. <laughs> you guys so are going to have to send me links crazy. later. So managed to catch like the cracky vibe. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, weird because like on the one hand, it's like seated in reality. So I feel like. Some people go, like, super realistic with it. And then on the other hand, I feel like there's kind of, like, this urge to be, like... My favorite is, like, kind of, like, in a lot of fics, people are like, oh, yeah, that just happens. And everyone else is like, that doesn't just happen. <laughs> like, there would be things like, oh, yeah, sometimes, like, that happened to a guy on Juniors I knew. And I was, like, dying. Because I was just like, you should just go with it, guys. Just go. If just you're go with full, it. Just go like, de-aging, just do it. Just go full crazy like yeah like don't try to justify it as then like yeah, exactly just, yeah just like have it be weird and great just yeah own the premise own your freak guys nice good so basically like we're saying there should be more nodding and more de-aging and more what soul bonding and fake that penguin pick is a great thing this is a call to arms hockey rpf fandom <laughs> get your crazy <laughs> to go on. deeper hockey <laughs> rpf fandom just like get your trope on just keep doing it it's yeah. really me. Maybe like someone should have like a trope cliche fest. Make somebody make that happen who actually organizes shit. I just want more Harley Quinn fest. That's so much work. Yeah, that's what I said. Nobody here would do it, but yeah. somebody should. Got too much shit going on. Yeah. What shit? This, for instance. I have. Let's let's talk about shit that's happening in my life. So, uh, hockey, and then like. Basically, this is like Kate and I all day, every day, uh, texting each other, watching games together in a super codependent, crazy way while on chat at the same time. Like, it's just, it's like so much of my life right now, percentage wise. I'm just like, well, it's true. Hockey's taken over my entire life. Is that bad? Question mark. I don't think it's no, bad. I mean, like, literally, I've been on vacation the last week and somebody was like, what are your plans? And I'm like, I'm going to sleep and watch hockey. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, that's all I want to do. <laughs> That's so this is very much more like... I supposed to go to brunch in like an hour, and I'm like, do I really need to go to brunch, or can I just stay home and watch the Pens game? Like, <laughs> You know what? Hockey kind of took over my life, too, and there was a moment where uh, Kate and the Hoyden were on chat, and I was on chat with them, and they were watching like a Blackhawks game, which doesn't air on Toronto television, because they're like, why would you care about the Blackhawks? <laughs> and like five minutes later, after me complaining about it, they bought me a Game Center membership. It just like arrived in my inbox. It was like, hey, you wanted to watch hockey, right? It was just too sad. It That's was sad. And now I can watch all of the like Penguins games and the Blackhawks games. And it's Which I, I think we should have a quick moment of talking about like ways to consume hockey. <laughs> here's, um, if you're interested, here's how you do it. Yeah. And I mean, Game Center gives you a majority of games... I mean, like, there are some that aren't going to be market. So, like, if you don't have a cable package that gets you, like, the NHL Network and, like, NBC Sports and hopefully, like, one local weird Comcast sports channel, like, there are going to be some games you miss. 
Unless like, you get, like, an you can, like, really get the majority of all games. The games that air, well, technically air in my area that I don't get cable channels for and are blocked out, I just use um, a proxy service called NetShade, which is for Mac. But you can just be like, hey, I'm in a different part of Canada. Or, like, I'm in the UK. And it'll believe you. And then you can watch those games. Though that's also a subscription service. You would have to have a subscription to Game Center and NetShade. Right. Or you can also just, like, watch it on a national channel and complain the entire time that these aren't your announcers <laughs> and they have wrong feelings. Yeah. You do that. Which is what the Hoyden and I do all the time. <laughs> watch a lot of games on mute. Right. Yeah. Well, so basically, I feel like kind of like what you guys are saying, though, is that in order to, this is not like, you know, you tune in for an hour a week. No. And then you, like, read fake the rest of the time. This is, like, an actual, it's a fair like, commitment. everyday, like, engagement. There's well, like a hockey game, like, game honestly, like, like, five days a week. And, like, honestly, on the game days, we, like, don't have a game. Because, like, I mean, granted, like, yes, I follow two teams pretty strongly. So I have more of kind of, like, a watching commitment mm-hmm. than some people might have. And then there are people who just catch a game whenever they can catch a game, no matter what team it is. And that's, like, an equally relevant and a good way to watch hockey. But so, like, your schedule does get kind of cray-cray. Like, I actually imported calendars into my phone. Me too. So I know, like, yeah, like, when the game is going to be happening and what channel. I have this NHL app so I can be like, what are the standings? When is the schedule? Like, I need to know everything. Like, I actually get, like, Game Center alerts. And it was, like, 1.30 in the morning, and I was about to go to bed. And it was like, surprise, Drew McGinley was actually traded to Pittsburgh. And I, like, flipped out at, like, 1.30 in the morning because Game Center was just like, hey. Hey, you should um, know this. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I honestly, like, your level of participation is completely up to you. But I would recommend watching, like, some games. Because I honestly feel like if you're going to be consuming or writing well, these things, like, I feel like because hockey is so much a part of who these people are, they're, like, you kind of need to at least, like... Well, is that sort of, like... I'm Go that, in with it. Right. And I feel like also this season is especially weird because I feel like, at least in my experience with hockey, you... It is such a very, like, long, there are so many games, and it is so relentless that, like, you can actually, you don't really normally need to start paying attention until the run-up to the playoffs, because, like, everything is just so, you know, it just goes on for it's so, so long. much. Oh, yeah, but then and because of this particularly truncated season, like, I feel like it's, like, day one, all in, no sleep till Brooklyn. And we felt really, like, we felt really, like, if we didn't watch every game, they were going to take hockey away again. Like, <laughs> right. Like, 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 you had to make up for the fact like, that we hadn't had it. Right, There's right, an exception right. to that rule, which is if you're a Leafs fan and it's like a normal season, like a full length season, you should only watch the first half because that's the only half that the Leafs are going to be good for. They suck the second half. So, which is completely legit. This shortened season could be really good for us. We're only good okay. for about that many games. Okay. Uh, good luck. This sounds like a depressing <laughs> sex metaphor, actually. What this sounds like. We can only do this half time. Okay, yeah. Um, I think also, like, one other thing I was sort of curious about is that. Um, at least from my, like, general, from the sidelines observation of the fandom, is that, you know, while Sid Gino and, you know, Kane, these are such, like, obviously these are the two mega pairings of fandom, there seems to be, like, a pairing for everyone ever on every team in every market, like, all these sort of tiny little rare pair boutique things, that, you know, which is sort of interesting to me in terms of, like, the fanish, like, I don't know output and interest and I think that sort of speaks to kind of what we were talking earlier about like loving a player who's on a team that you don't love like I think that's how a lot of those things happen where it's like you're like I want to express that like I still think this dude is great but I'm not going to go into like his entire team because I'm not into that right right um and also I think it's like interesting like I feel like there are some rare pairings that I personally can't understand because I'm like their hockey is disparate 
like there's a lot of hate fuck pairings mm-hmm. where I'm like literally that could never happen <laughs> isn't that sort of like the different sports dynamic like they hate each other because they're on opposing teams like this is not like Romeo and Juliet this it's is like like <laughs> some fucking face off shit like literally face off but also the movie face off <laughs> like Nick Cage John Travolta levels of like freaking Annie hate right like <laughs> I, so much hate not even bonus and it is like interesting because like normally like whereas I'm like I am interested in your weird hate fuck pairing like because I have feelings about like teens and like players that I'm like literally this person is too grody for me to actually ever like go into this and so like there's there are plenty of people who are really great writers who like there are certain things they've written that I can never read because yeah. of how much I hate that person. because those two guys their dicks, should, their dicks touching in the phantom astral plane is fundamentally wrong wrong right like here's the thing too is like uh i will read uh so i'm like obviously uh i'm really into sid gino but that's not to say i haven't read read some sid ovi and love the shit out of it because i have um but See, i think that's, that's a be- dark place but here's the thing though it's really uh i think for me it's like is Sidney crosby in some way involved then i will i will i will go with you down that path and see where it leads me i may not like it but i'm gonna give it a try he's your one true character Yes. Yes. He's your Achilles people. Yeah. Which is fair. I mean, Uh, he's the next great one, but I don't think I could cross that line for him the same way that a lot of people in Canada are really mad at him for playing on an American team. mm -hmm. I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. Well, less Canadian teams, and he still doesn't go there. There are a lot of really good Canadian teams. Original six, bitches. That's right. Uh, (laughs) Okay. No, that was terrible. Okay. Rex? Uh, Rex. Uh, I'm going to go first. Okay. I have two Rex. Uh, one is called If Heaven's Hypothetical by Impertinence and Shoemaster, uh, which is a Eric Stahl Jeff Skinner fic that we commonly refer to as Homeless Jeff Skinner. Uh, and the premise Great. is, yeah, just keeping this classy like right off the bat. <laughs> the premise is that something terrible happens to Jeff Skinner when he's in uh, the Ontario Hockey League playing for Kitchener, which is like a suburb outside of Toronto. Uh, and he decides to run away. He like runs away to America and is homeless for a while. And winds up meeting uh, Eric Stahl at a diner where he's working. And uh, Eric Stahl's like, I love you. Come stay with me when you're sick and get better and play hockey again, etc. They fall in love. There are a couple problems with this story. I think we can all agree that, like, the reason for running away is not strong enough. But it's just, like, a really enjoyable story. And if you're feeling sad and you want something that's, like, hurt comfort, it's solid. I enjoyed it. And the other one is called Nothing Worth Knowing by Beat Perfume and Shoemaster, uh, which is a Ryan Kessler, Andrew Ladd story. And I just want to say, like, I hate Ryan Kessler, and I hate Andrew Ladd, and I hate both of their teams, and I hate everything about them. And some girl on Tumblr was like, I'm just going to wreck you, like, seven stories for these two because I love them. And then showed, like, a gif of them beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> and I was like, sure, I'll read some of that. Uh... <laughs> And this one is like a a university AU where there are students playing on the same like university hockey team waiting to be drafted into the NHL or whatever, and they hate each other, and then they wind up falling in love at like a basically like a gay straight alliance meeting. Aww. Yeah. That's adorable. So it's like, (laughs) it's actually really sweet and fun, and for a while they just hate each other, which is believable. The end. Nice. (laughs) That was amazing. You're welcome. All right. I guess I'm going to go. I actually do have a hockey rack. I realized halfway through this that I actually had a hockey rack. 
<laughs> and it, it's it's um flip shut hang up by 20 something who's sitting right next to me um, and it's and it's not because she's sitting right next to me I, um, I pinched her and told you that yeah. <laughs> um but basically it's it's um, and and avoidant also oh i'm sorry yes yes so like this, this is, was a work this of is, love this, this is, is clearly this is clearly just me shilling for <laughs> my friends <laughs> but um i actually i really did uh like unironically love this every single word of the story because essentially it's um <laughs> during the lockout uh ob just being a dick and <laughs> it was born of, somebody made a post on tumblr and they said you know like oh how are these guys gonna keep up like their chirping skills and they like during the lockout, during the lockout. like I, they're like basically like i hope ob like prank calls sid all the time yeah and like <laughs> and i looked at each other like yeah Yes, he did. <laughs> so basically, it's like four thousand words of like gin of from like OVPOV, which is like glorious because you know <laughs> Alexander Ovechkin um, being like sort of just a, a dick the entire time, and uh, and and there's also like some more. It is kind of like more backgroundy Sigino in there for the people who like Sigino, and uh, but really like for me, it was just Ovi being a dick for four thousand words, and uh, that was like the most satisfying hockey fic I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> I like to also know that that fic was like. Uh, basically made use of all of my dark knowledge of the collective bargaining agreement negotiations, which um, basically during the lockout, my Google reader and now Feedly was just like nine hockey blogs. I started following all of these like, you know, pro hockey writers and I just knew way too much, way too much about labor negotiations. And I was like, this has to come out somehow. <laughs> so basically you had like me writing a bit and going like no i'm totally listening about the and i was like i don't even know the thing to even be not listening about and hoyden like filling in legitimate things about like contract disputes right it was it was yeah it was good <laughs> i enjoyed it thanks ladies thanks buddy i'm glad you liked it i i have three recs this week and my first rec is our Feet May Leave by Hauntology, which is a Sid Gino fic. And it's, uh, it takes place uh, immediately uh, post-lockout. And it's the story of, uh, I think her summary is actually very fitting. And it's sort of like Gino leaves home to come home. And it's all about the dissonance of he's played part of a season in Russia and he's coming back to his, his Penguins team. And he's feeling all sort of out of step and you know, trying to reconcile in his head, you know, that, that he's coming back and you know, the lockout is over and hockey's happening again and specifically Penguins hockey is happening again. And through all of this, like Sidney Crosby just cannot contain his pure joy at hockey being back, which legitimately in real life, nobody was happier than Sidney Crosby when the lockout was over. Yeah, nobody. seriously. It was like seriously. sunshine beaming out of his face. He's one of the few people who hates Toronto, hates being here, and this is where the NHL is, and he had to be here all the time. I don't think it was upset him, but but the language and the observations in this fic uh, just uh, it's it's lovely, and I really recommend it. Uh, The second one I want to recommend is Measure of a Fall by Marin, which is a Kane Taze fic, and um, I would say that this fic is one of the ones like I mean, in terms of AU's that I like to read. I don't ever want to really have Patrick Kane traded from the Blackhawks ever. Like, that's not what I want to happen ever. Like, that's a horrible future for me. Um, but in this fic, he does get traded. Uh, yes, um, like AU at the last, at the end of last season. And so this fic actually is a future fic where 
10 years down the road, he comes back to the Blackhawks. He's traded back again. And so it's like this horrible, like painful, you know, exploration of what happened to him in the interim and him coming back. And the whole story, like, does not make things easy for you. But the payoff when you get there is so good that um, I was just like, I was like, yes, like, this is beautiful. Like, this fic made, like, this whole scenario for me, like, worth it, which is amazing because that shouldn't happen. And then my last fic is A Long December by Sub313, which is one of Mare's aforementioned boutique pairings. I don't think there's another one for this, but it is um, <clears throat> a... Uh, Corey Crawford, Dan Carcillo fic that was written for Yuletide a couple of years back. And, um... That's so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> my mother's in the 80s. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's so cute. Um, but, um, who are two Blackhawks players, and what I... I mean, this also has, like, just a really beautiful contemplative tone, and, um, it's sort of about, like, you know, when your routines, when your life isn't actually clicking and things aren't working just right, like, how do you get back into the saddle? Like, um, basically, Corey Crawford is the, the goalie for the Blackhawks, and he doesn't play for, like, a two-week stretch. Um, and so just sort of trying to come to terms with that. I will also confess to having uh, really strong goalie feelings, being a goalie myself. And so I was reading this whole thing, and I was like, oh, my God, Corey Crawford. Like, I don't know if I can deal with this. I hope it turns out okay, which is ridiculous. <laughs> of course, it turns out okay. But... Um, so many Corey Crawford also has one of those faces where you're like, it needs to be okay because look at your little face. I know. I just want to like make him cookies constantly. That's a thing I want to do. Okay, I'm this done. Just went to a dark place. <laughs> That's a normal urge. I, I understand that completely. Um, I have three wrecks myself. Um, the first one is um, a very recent fic that I enjoyed very, very much. It's called Fastening One Heart to Every Fall- Falling Thing by the Fourth Vine. Um, I really like Soul Bond fic. I can't tell a lie. Um, but I love this because it's not actually Soul Bond fic. Um, the basic premise of it is that it's, well, I mean, like, it's a subversive trope, but in a world where soul bonds are normal and expected, um, there are certain people who are incapable of forming soul bonds. And there's like a weird kind of like societal thing about it, which I think is very interesting and I don't really want to spoil. But in this fic, Gino cannot form a soul bond. Um, whereas Sydney is very strongly psychic in a world of people who are, generally speaking, somewhat psychic. And because of this, he is terrified of the idea of a soul bond. And so it's this kind of interesting story of like societal expectations of like what you should want versus what you want versus kind of like finding that person who compliments you in a way that is perfect. That without having to be a It is beautiful. The fourth find did a wonderful job. Strong, such strong feelings that literally I was like typing in chat to MK and it was like me howling into the night, like leaving behind like shreds of my clothing, like ripping my hair like a maid. Like I had problems because of this thing. Like I highly recommend it. I feel um, semi bad because I was telling you about this fic um, basically a year ago when it was still being written. Um, and I'm like, I'll be like, it's coming out. It's coming. Uh, no. Okay. Not yet. There's like another ten thousand words after you were written. It's coming out. Oh no, not yet. And then finally, when it was posted, I sent both Kate and MK an email. It's like, here you go, a billion words of not quite soul bonding. You're welcome. And I stamped. <laughs> and I was. I was welcome. Um, 
the next one is I Dreamed of You at Nighttime. And I apologize in advance for butchering your username if you listen to this. It's by Billy Ager. Um, and basically part of the new collective bargaining agreement that resulted in the end of the lockout was that players who had been playing um, in the league for a while no longer ha- needed to have roommates. They could have rooms of their own. And in the realm of um, Kane and Taves, who are notoriously weird about her, each other and are notoriously weird about rooming together and have basically complained about it till the ends of the earth about like the weird shit like the other person does in the room and how awful it is to live with that person um it's a fic where it's kind of like the expectation of this is gonna be great this is gonna be great is highly subverted because uh they realize they can't really function without each other all the time 24 7 and it's it's very sweet and it's it's the orange drink of how I like Patrick Kane best. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would highly recommend it. And I think it also is like, it's a good, another good post lockout fic to kind of give you an idea of like that team and that feeling. Um, and my last rec is another Kane tapes fic and it's called on the line by Queenie Galore, who self describes it as AKA the one with the phone sex, which um, this is like good filth. Like, I got no other way to describe it other than that it's just some goddamn good filth. Um, and it kind of starts out with this in-media res moment of Patrick finding out via Johnny talking on the phone to someone else while he doesn't know that Patrick is there, that he just basically goes like, yeah, fine, I do still want to bone Kaner. Like, is that what you wanted to hear? And, like, there's, of course, the moment of, like, what? Uh, and then that kind of, like, 360 moment of, well, Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of the story of Patrick kind of needing to coax Johnny into this relationship and it ha- a lot of it happens via phone sex and like I said it's some goddamn it's like you know like how Agent Cooper's like that's a damn fine cup of coffee like this is a damn fine cup of smut <laughs> so um if the boning is where you're at go for it and there's surprise feelings of course because that's how I roll naturally surprise. naturally all right I think that's everything and we should definitely end this yes <laughs> there were some dark corners of this podcast i don't even think this was that bad y'all uh, yeah like mm-hmm. i was expecting a lot worse i was gonna say like in terms of like things we've done that are terrible this is not even pinging on my radar frankly. uh like, you have to remember that we already did the fourth wall episode so a lot of that already got so done. yeah so if you have actually if you have thoughts about hockey in the fourth wall which we didn't really cover you should listen to last week's or two weeks ago's episode which I was also on. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> so if you have a megaphone for Marilyn. Yeah. If you love Marilyn. You love Marilyn. Wait, 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 wait. I forgot to say, like, the one thing that I was going to say in my recs and then I forgot. Yes. Um, which is that, so I had some, you know, thick recs for you. And we talked about the value of watching games. Um, and I also talked about my insane collection of hockey blogs that I follow on a regular basis. So I would like to actually, I would like to recommend one podcast. Um called The Backhand Shell, and I would like to recommend it for the following reason. There are many hockey, like, podcasts out there, but this is the one that I feel like if you took Prue and, well, if you just, like, took, like, Slash Report and made us to dudes who had, like, way more money and, like, a professional producer and, like, we were all in the same room recording together, it would be this podcast. Um, it's just, like, a podcast of, like, great hockey information, dudes who are genuinely affectionate about each other and um, enjoy watching each other suffer, like, a little bit. One of them is a Toronto fan, and he's just like, aww. Because, let's be honest, sports is actually about suffering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, basically. Um, but... Fandom is about happy things. Sports is about me. suffering. 
they agree with me. Like, they have good feelings about each other, and it comes out in the podcast, and it makes it that much more enjoyable to me as a human being to, to listen to them. So that's my last actual rec for... I'd also say Grantland's pretty cool if you're talking about, like, internet sites in terms of hockey coverage. I think they've been doing a good job this season. Just yeah. for general, non... General stuff? Yeah. Okay, yeah, we're ending this. Okay. Fine. Get Bye. off the Bye. Bye. Coming with us, guys. <laughs>